I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. Welcome to the Rebel Wellness Podcast, where we embrace a holistic approach to personal health and empower women to break free from the noise of today's diet culture. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey to becoming healthier, stronger, and more resilient in this life. If you found this podcast, you might be somebody who is tired of feeling bombarded with unrealistic body standards and conflicting health advice and just ready to rebel against the one-size-fits-all approach to wellness. This is a great opportunity and place to create a lifestyle that truly works for you. And I want to welcome you to your new home for everything health and wellness without any of those influences. Rebel Wellness is rooted in the belief that true wellness goes beyond just diet and exercise. It's about nurturing our minds bodies, and souls in a way that aligns with our unique needs and values. So if you are new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome. And if you are a ride or die, hello again. So happy that you have returned. Welcome, welcome back to this week's Hot Take Summer episode. I am your host, Coach Kaylee, and this is the series where I am taking you through my raw professional opinions on the current spicy topics floating around. A lot of them are current and they're also like hot from the past as well, because things just kind of like go in circles, I feel like. But these topics specifically that I'm talking about have been chosen by my listeners and community. So you already know this is going to be some good stuff. And thank you to all of you who helped curate these topics, because it's great to be able to kind of see what you guys are being inundated with in the wellness scene, because it's been my life. So I have like blinders up already (laughs) at this point. So it's really helpful for all of you who have helped me kind of see more of what you guys want to learn about or need to learn about. As always, if you're new here, hello, hello, please come join us on our podcast Instagram at Rebel Wellness Podcast and or join uh, my community over at my flagship coaching page at Coach by Kales. And I would love to connect with you as well as if you go to our website, either coachkales.com or rebelwellness.me, you can join our email list for all the good stuff that's coming. As you guys know right now, I am not selling you guys anything through the podcast. So it's strictly just kind of building the community and getting a lot more ears to be educated with kind of my perspective and take on all things health and wellness. But futurely, for those of you who do not coach with me one-on-one, I have a lot of amazing things coming in the works. And so if you join that email list, you will be the first person to know when those things launch. So go ahead, join us, um, preferably coachbykales.com or coachkales.com. Both of those domains are going to take you straight to my website and join our newsletter. All right, so today's hot take is going to be about a really kind of common question mark that a lot of us have when we start to pay more attention to our nutrition and our just eating habits in general. But it's not always something that a lot of people are talking about prominently on Health Talk or any of those kitschy places where things come and go in like every other week. But something I have heard a question about constantly ever since being a professional in this industry is what time should I eat? Does it matter if I skip breakfast? Should I have protein immediately after my workout? What is the window that actually is beneficial and more? So if that's something that you've always wondered and you've had question marks about, I'm going to give you my hot take today uh, and kind of a short take on 
all of these topics because they could go really in depth. But again, for the sake of hot take summer, we're going to keep it to the point and my main thoughts on each of these. So stay tuned all the way to the end to kind of find out some of my pro tip hacks for nutrient timing, meal timing, things to do with blood sugar that might become game changers for your day-to-day life. So catch that all the way at the end. Oh, and one more thing. We do always have amazing little tidbits and uh, show notes for our episodes that will have not only timestamps of important parts throughout the episode, but links to my affiliate for good discounts on various companies that I know and trust in the health space, as well as favorite quotes from the episode that if you want to steal those and reshare, I would love for you to tag me and let me know that you liked the episode. And without further ado, let's get into it. So overall, the concept we're talking about is both under the terms nutrient timing and meal timing. So nutrient timing would be talking about specifically macronutrients. I'm going to shamelessly plug the whole series of May about macros gold information all up in there, guys. It's stuff that I teach privately to my one-on-one coaching and it's available for all of you guys. So go back, listen to that. That's going to help you become kind of a master in understanding the basics of some of the most important things about food in general. It's not just like seeing a giant sundae and thinking this is a bunch of carbs. It's realizing, oh wait, there's cream in this and there's butter in this chocolate sauce. So it's actually carbs and fat. It's not just carbs. You know, when you can debunk things because of knowing the nutrients, it also helps you better understand how that food is going to affect your own body. So go back to episodes 19 through 22. um, That's got some great information, but how that's going to relate to today's topic is that nutrient timing is something that can become really profoundly beneficial for you as well. When you understand how certain nutrients are going to affect you at like what time in your day. So one of the first things that people might ask is when should you eat in your day? It depends on where you're at in life. So if you're somebody who is in college or a working professional, you have some sort of independence still, aka you don't have kids you're running around after or waking you up in the wee hours of the night, then you are a good candidate for eating immediately within the first 30 to 45 minutes when you wake up. Why is that? (laughs) Because it's really important for you to set the stage for your blood sugar throughout the day and what nutrients you should have in your breakfast should be what I like to call rounded meals. There's a whole bunch of different versions of what people call them, but that essentially just means that your breakfast must have good quality protein, ideally around 30 grams, a good quality fat, so a natural sourced fat, whether it's from avocados or from extra virgin olive oil or from eggs, you know, those are great sources. And at the same time, you want a good quality fibrous carb. So this is where like oats can come in handy for a lot of people. I always recommend the rolled non-GMO gluten-free oats. Um, Bob Dreadmill has a great one you can order online in bulk amounts, and that makes it a lot more cost effective. But I'll I'll talk about that later in another episode about my thoughts on gluten-free. Would you guys like to hear that? Let me know if you want to talk about like gluten-free and some of these different uh, topics, like even GMO. If you want my hot take on those things, uh, send me a DM or tell, just tell me somehow, (laughs) text me if you're my client and you're listening to this. Um, but something that is important to do when you have that rounded meal, when you start your day is that you drink 
enough water before that. Ideally, some electrolytes involved. So that's your calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium. You want to replenish those minerals in the morning with your breakfast so that you're fully rehydrated and satiated to start your day. So it's going to take care of your metabolism the moment you wake up, as well as get you going through being hydrated. Because I know a lot of us like to start immediately with coffee and I've been there. I've done it many times, but it is better for you oftentimes to start your day first with actually like maybe at least eight to 16 ounces of good quality water, ideally with electrolytes, because water without electrolytes doesn't hydrate you um, fully. It actually can pull nutrients and minerals out of your body because it's purified. So there's nothing to maintain your, um, what is it called? When your kidneys, your kidneys determine your water balance in your body. And if they are depleted of sodium, magnesium, potassium, all those different minerals, it won't actually hydrate you. It won't actually put the water to um, nourish your body the same way. That's why sometimes when you're drinking a ton of purified water, you just pee like crazy. Um, You still can pee quite a bit with electrolytes, but you should actually feel a different level of hydration when you do that. Um, So tiny hot take on my favorite brands. Redmond Relight is my top pick because it's uh, formulated by the master of minerals himself, Dr. Dina Glantano, as well as uh, Noons, N-U-U-N. Those are in little handy dandy tablets that are pretty much everywhere. Uh, The most place I see them would be Whole Foods and they're definitely at Safeway. They're on Amazon. Those are going to be really easy for those of you who travel a lot to take in your bag, to take in your car, anywhere. But all my clients are on top of their electrolytes and it's so fun to see and hear them like be like, I took my electrolytes or I went on my trip and I actually didn't get hung over because I actually drank my electrolytes every night after drinking, which other pro tip, I guess we're just flying through pro tips right now. <laughs> um, another pro tip is if you're drinking and you don't want to get hung over, hangovers is because you're super dehydrated because your body is processing a poison out. So ample amounts of rehydration. That's what Pedialyte is, but Pedialyte's for babies drink real adult electrolytes. So Redmond Relight, Noons, um, and even uh, Elements are fine too. Elements really high in sodium. Um, so if some people may not like the taste and or they may not need that much sodium. Um, Element, I would say is a little bit more for like my keto people or my paleo people or my athletes that are sweating their balls off every day. <laughs> That's an important time to have that. But those other ones are just fine. So those are the two things that I would say you want to start your day with and when you should have it. So again, first 30 minutes to 45 minutes has been the science for female bodies to where it is going to be best supportive of your blood sugar, therefore your hormones. And you should be getting a cortisol spike in the morning. So that's kind of where people have started to talk about having too much caffeine in the morning is going to kind of make you spike even more with your cortisol potentially. This could be true, but the amount of milligrams of caffeine that you'd have to consume on an empty stomach in the morning would need to be upwards of 200 milligrams or higher, maybe 150 milligrams or higher, depending on the person, because everybody processes caffeine differently. So A, know how you process caffeine. If your face gets flushed, if you get heart rate increase, uh, you feel jittery, you probably don't process caffeine well. And so you should keep your caffeination on the lower end. And again, definitely consume it either with breakfast after electrolytes or just after electrolytes in between breakfast. Um, 
or after all of that around 10 to 12 p.m. And that's actually a good time for you if you're somebody who has a really crazy, busy work life or family life um, or just life in general, and you want a little longer sustained energy. If you're waking up without any energy and you don't feel hungry, oftentimes you're going to find that there is something off with your uh, routine, whether you're not sleeping very well or the quality of your sleep isn't very good. Maybe you're not recovering enough. Maybe you're overtraining. And so your body is not going into recovery mode when you sleep. Maybe you're too stressed when you're going to bed or you're staying up on your phone too long, as well as if you are not feeling hungry when you wake up, that's a sign that your metabolism is actually not jamming very well. Uh, we want to see you hungry when you wake up. That is a great sign that your metabolism and your digestion is doing what it's supposed to. So if you're somebody who keeps waking up and is like, I just really don't want to eat breakfast because I'm not very hungry. There's a chance that either you have some hormone imbalances going on, you don't have enough um, good quality rest and digestion. Maybe there's something going on with your digestion quality. and Maybe if you're somebody who is too stressed, your cortisol is too high and it's keeping you in the zone where you don't feel hungry because you're kind of running on uh, fumes. So there's a whole bunch of other reasons that could con uh, contribute to that. It could also just be that you're not eating at a good pattern every day. So your body isn't getting used to a digestion pattern. Um, but that brings me into the next part of this. When should you eat in your day? Meal timing in general matters a ton because you're teaching your digestive system when it's going to get food. What this does is it's going to let your body create enough digestive enzymes at the right times in your day to support digestion. Digestive enzymes are the different uh, bile and, um, well, enzymes that your body, your liver and your gallbladder um, and your pancreas, well, pancreas is more insulin, but contributes. Um, they excrete it to your stomach to help your stomach acid break apart the foods you consume so that they can absorb the nutrients as it goes through your intestines. If you are eating at weird times throughout your day, your body doesn't have a great ability to predict when you're going to eat. And so it will not create enough digestive enzymes for that meal. So if you're somebody who's eating sporadically whenever you get a chance throughout the day or you just kind of have a weird work schedule or sleep schedule and you're eating all over the place and you are dealing with things like IBS or bloating, pain in your stomach, acid reflux, things like that, your odds are try getting in a routine with your meals, being very strict and on top of it, whether that means that you set alarms on your phone, set alarms with your Google Home or Alexa. You know, there's a lot of ways to get yourself and plan ahead to make sure that you can eat around the same one hour window for each meal. So I always eat about 30 to 45 minutes after I wake up. Lunchtime is always between noon and two for me. So I guess that's a two hour window. It's anywhere from an hour to, to two hours is a good like place to be. And then I always eat around six, latest 7.30, maybe eight, but I hate eating at eight because it's too close to when I'm trying to sleep and it keeps me up or it makes my sleep quality bad. That's another thing making sure with your meal timing, your dinners really should end ideally anywhere from 6 to 7.30 p.m. If you're going to bed around 9.30 to 11 p.m. If you want your body to get the most out of 
your energy that you're consuming, aka food, you want to make sure it's around times where you're actually awake and you can kind of move around, help it digest and utilize that energy in the moment. If you're somebody whose goal is to kind of maintain a healthier physique and or if you're somebody who is trying to be in a deficit to lose fat or something like that. So eating too late makes your stomach work while you're sleeping. This can make your sleep quality worse because your temperature rises because of the thermic effect of food when you're consuming and digesting it. And overall, it can just kind of make everything else fall out of place if you eat too late. But that doesn't mean skip dinner necessarily. It could just mean shift to something more like a protein shake that has good fats or something in it so that it manages your blood sugar or so that it's basically not a ton of food for it to digest or something lighter like a big fibrous salad with a protein source on top or on the side, etc. Those are probably better than having a big steak and potatoes dinner or a big burrito or Taco Bell or any of that stuff. So that's going to be a big game changer for you with meal timing is really do cut it off before the 8 p.m. mark, especially if you're somebody who goes to bed anywhere from 9.30 to 11 p.m. And I kind of want to reiterate that it's super important as a female to kind of feel yourself properly throughout the day. You really do want to have three, maybe four or five meals throughout your day. And you'll want to know what your maintenance calories are. I've talked about it in past episodes, but again, the macro series, I believe episode 19, I talk a bit about how you can kind of calculate that, but you really want to understand your total daily energy expenditure plus your basal metabolic rate. So that's your body's calorie burn at rest if you didn't do anything for the day and know that so that you can eat enough calories throughout your day. And that's going to also support not only your hormones, but your energy, your clarity throughout the day, your mood, (laughs) big time, your mood and um, your goals overall with your health, because that's just really supportive of balanced blood sugar and balanced blood sugar is very supportive of success with keeping a leaner physique or a healthy physique in general, even if that isn't particularly lean. Both are very healthy, but you must eat properly throughout the day. Do not skip meals. You're not going to lose weight better or uh, manage your weight better by just being like, oh, I overate a big breakfast. I'm going to skip lunch. No, probably just have a leaner lunch, then have a good high protein meal with high fiber, lots of vegetables, something like that. Um, please don't skip meals. The main thing is just don't skip meals as a female because it's really going, especially a premenopausal. I'll say, I'll clarify, premenopausal women should not be skipping meals because it's just going to wreak havoc on your metabolism and mood, everything, energy, etc. For those of you who are postmenopausal, what you can do to manage your hormonal shifts throughout perimenopause and postmenopause would be to fast. You can't, you're the category that could get away with um, intermittent fasting. But again, you're going to want to start your day either with an herbal tea, electrolyte water always, (laughs) or a good quality, low acid coffee that is ideally like more organic. I like the brand Fabula. There's a ton of brands out there right now. They are pricier, but it's worth it. If it's something that you're consuming every day, it's practically like taking a medication every day, right? So you want to make sure that what you take, what you consume daily is high quality because a lot of people tend to go the route of like, oh, I drink it so frequently, so I'm buying it so frequently, so it's costing me a lot more. Yes, but as far as a health snapshot goes, for your gut and your body where you're constantly putting a nutrient into it constantly, you really want to go for what is the top notch version for your body. So 
coffee, I always say go for the organic fair trade and low acid for most of us. That is going to be the better quality coffee across the board, especially if you're a daily coffee drinker. But for all of you who are postmenopausal, you can do well to kind of skip a breakfast and have more robust later day meals. If you're an active female and you're postmenopausal, like you have hobbies, you strength train, maybe you work with a trainer a couple days a week or something, or you walk a lot with your dogs, whatever it is, if you're pretty active throughout your day, which would be like 8,000 plus steps or so, you probably will actually do better to still continue having breakfast within that first hour window of waking up and go about your day with your regular meals. As many times as possible as you can keep some sort of consistency for your digestive system, the better digestive effect you will have long term, um, as well as when you're aging. That's something that we do know because you're just taking care of your body, keeping consistency. Your body likes routine, so it does like a change up every once in a while, uh, but it kind of depends on the person and the situation uh, because fasting does have a lot of cellular autophagy benefits, aka kill off all the, the bad defective DNA cells that are always floating around in our body. But if you are eating within that like eight to eight window, your body goes through a fasting period when you sleep. And that is sufficient enough for cellular autophagy. But you can mess around with that postmenopausal because you don't have the same hormones from having a cycle as those of us who are premenopausal do. But to reiterate, for all of you who are premenopausal, aka everyone who's still cycling, whether you're on birth control or not, it is a best plan to try your best to eat consistently throughout your day and eat enough. Be well fed. It is not worth it for you in the long run to starve yourself, then eat normal, starve yourself, overeat, starve yourself. You know, that's really hard on your body. It's a stressor that is controllable and you already probably got enough stress going on. So I would say take care to make sure you're eating enough and that you plan ahead and that you have it available for each meal window for your own lifestyle. And of course, it's not going to be the same every day, especially for all you moms out there. You're probably eye rolling like I can't always know when I'm going to get to eat or sometimes I'm just eating the leftovers of my kids. You know, um, that is probably you're a good candidate for either one of those meal delivery services and you can go for the cheaper programs like factor meals. There's a whole bunch. There's a bajillion. And that might be a good time for you to have those available for yourself so that when your kids are eating, you can grab it. Financially, they can actually equate to if you were to just grab stuff on the go, they are actually usually pretty affordable or finding that time where you can have um, either your partner help out by prepping some food or you prep. Find just anything anywhere that makes you getting enough food in for yourself easier so that you're not eating like those little uh, PB&J round things, <laughs> those like nasty sandwiches that are like uh, a stamp of the center of a piece of bread with like filled with really low quality jelly and peanut butter. <laughs> Uncrustables, that's what they're called. Uh, yeah, don't probably live your life eating those. But again, early motherhood is crazy. It's not going to be perfect. You're not meant to be perfect. Know that you don't have to be on it like blue bonnet every single time and every single week because that phase of motherhood is so short. I know it doesn't feel like it, or maybe it does for those of you listening who have kids that are older now, but that years one through five are arguably some of the hardest as far as meal timing for yourself goes, and it's fleeting. It'll be done soon. Don't worry about it. 
do your best. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about different things about properly fueling yourself throughout the day as a female and the general times that you should be eating in your day. Another thing though, is it's important to understand your eating patterns as a child, because if your family was a bunch of grazers and then they had one big dinner at night, you may do better to eat like that. So that might be one of those five meals a day kind of people where they're smaller meals. They're like anywhere from 250 to 350 calories a meal or more, depends on your daily expenditure. But that and then having a more robust dinner where you're having like a 500 to 700 calorie meal, your body might be used to that because our bodies are usually the most familiar with how we were raised because that's how we started to train our metabolism. So for me, I always had three meals a day. There's some times where I would have snacks. Now that I'm like an adult female who has a natural cycle, I for sure need snacks in my luteal phase. Um, everybody who knows their cycle knows what I mean. But for those of you who ate either three meals a day with your family growing up, stick to that. You don't need to change it to five meals a day or six meals a day, like that kind of whole stoke your metabolism thing. Your metabolism is st stoked every single time you eat. So how frequently you eat doesn't matter necessarily to how you were raised and how your body was trained to eat and digest. So one more time, if your family was grazers and then one big meal, continue eating like that if it works for you in your lifestyle right now. If you are somebody who has three meals a day, continue with that. If your family was like all over the place and you cut sun, you sometimes only remember having breakfast and then dinner, start working in a lunch because you're going to really want that midday energy bump by getting enough nutrients in that midday because it is very supportive of healthier thyroid and all of the different organs and systems in your body that support healthy long-term hormones and metabolism in general. Okay, so kind of finishing out this section, we are going to talk real quick about when is best for protein, like post-workout, pre-workout, whatnot. What I have seen over the years is this kind of concept has been tested and studied a lot, at least in this last decade, especially for a lot of people who are younger scientists in the sports and physiology world. And what the common thing was, is it came down to within the next two hours after your workout is the best time to consume an ample amount of complete protein. So for those of you who are plant-based, you need to make sure that your protein is a complete profile of amino acids if you want it to actually become supportive of your muscle. For those of you who eat animal proteins, those are all complete proteins, so you're going to do just fine. I would aim for 25 to 40 grams of protein within that next two hours after your workout. And that could go well for being in your lunch. If you're somebody who works out in the late morning, if you're somebody who works out early in the morning, there is no benefit to fasted exercise. It's all person to person. Sometimes there can be negative effects if you don't eat enough food or protein in your day because you could start to break down your muscle and then not support it by refueling it properly. So just know fasted cardio, fasted workouts in general, they're not necessarily better. If you feel better on them though, that's totally fine. Make sure you eat your breakfast right after though. Uh, make sure you get enough protein to refuel and enough carbohydrates to recover. So the best time for protein is always within that hour to two hours after your workout. The 30 minute thing is actually kind of hogwash. They have debunked that because it matters more about your total protein intake and the completeness of that whole day in one day 
over if you got it within the next 30 minutes after your workout. So don't worry about the kind of short term. You only have this window until then, because especially if you ate breakfast and or lunch and then got your workout in, you have enough complete protein circulating in your system. They will contribute and help your muscle recover. But I will say post-workout, a nutrient timing thing that can work really well is pairing a carbohydrate source, a simple carb, ideally, so like white rice or uh, bananas or um, fruit in general, with a complete protein. So either a protein, good quality whey isolate protein shake, or some turkey meat, you know, whatever works for you, but keep it to a carb and a protein only post-workout and reduce your fats because you want it to get right back into your system and help your muscles recover immediately for those of you who work out because it's much more supportive of that recovery process to repair and grow those muscles and keep them around. When you have too much fats surrounding that workout, fats digest slower, they make your blood sugar spike less, which is great for other meals of your day, such as breakfast and dinner. But when you are having it for a post-workout kind of replenishment, don't really have too much fats involved in it. I'd keep the grams under five grams of fat involved because that's just really going to help it get better and quicker into your system. Okay. I hope that all makes sense. And a great little pro tip for those of you who are trying to build lean muscle and maintain lean muscle, I would say a myth that they have debunked is if you consume any protein or carbs at bed, if you gain fat. Again, this isn't like a protein or carb that you're consuming as like food food because again, it's harder for your body to digest those particles because they're whole food items. But a little hack you can do is have an hour before bed, a little protein shake of about 20 grams to 30 grams of protein. Again, I highly recommend a whey protein isolate, high quality. If it isn't expensive, it's probably cheap. That's just how it goes. Unfortunately, whey protein is a real source of nutrients from a real food item. Therefore, it's going to cost real money because if you're getting a fake thing or something that they made in a lab, yeah, they can probably charge way less for that. But if you want a good, high quality, properly derived from the milk protein, whey protein isolate is the whey protein to go and it will help your body synthesize muscle while you sleep. That is actually newer science that we have found is that if you do a protein shake an hour before bed or so, um, it keeps you satiated and um, nourished while your body's recovering while you sleep. And this is kind of similar to the concept of why back in like the olden days when people couldn't sleep because they didn't eat enough throughout the day or they ate uh to early in the evening, whatever it is, and they woke up, they'd go get a glass of milk and then go back to bed. I don't know if you've heard that before, you've seen it before in like old timey movies, but that was a thing because intuitively humans have found that we need some sort of protein and maybe some sort of carb or fat to help satiate our body when it gets hungry. When your body is hungry, you will wake up at like two to three or 4 a.m. because that's about the time where your body has now been digesting and has been empty and your blood sugar might drop. Dropping blood sugar will wake you up. So if you're somebody who keeps consistently waking up anywhere from 2 a.m. to 3 or 4 a.m., you probably are under eating 
or not eating enough nutrients later in that day to kind of sustain your blood sugar through the night while you fast. So milk naturally is a good source of all of those macronutrients. So when those people were getting up, drinking some milk and going back to bed and falling asleep fine, that's because it's kind of like a drinkable meal because milk has fat, milk has carbs, milk has protein. So for those of us like me, who's part Japanese and lactose intolerant to the furthest extent, <laughs> okay, maybe not to the furthest extent, that sounds crazy, but uh, I can't drink like whole milk or anything like that. So what I can drink though, is a whey isolate protein because it has lactose removed and the brand I buy, which is Shinusa from New Zealand, they have digestive enzymes involved as well. So it helps my body process it fine. And I don't get acne. I don't get stomach cramps. I don't get bloating. I don't get any of that stuff. Um, so I do recommend you just try that because I will usually mix a scoop of that protein with um, one of my alternative milks. I'm a big coconut milk or macadamia nut milk girl. So um, I will mix those two things and have them about an hour before bed. If I did a big like leg day or something where I know I just worked my body really hard. I personally eat a lot of protein throughout the day. So for me, I don't stress about getting a robust amount <laughs> all day long into the evening every day because I fulfill my protein through my food sources for my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But that is a protein pro hack for those of you trying to build muscle and stay leaner, have some protein before bed, and um, it'll help your muscle synthesis. All right, and then for the last pro tip hack, for those of you who are trying to get your blood sugar managed, you're somebody who's hangry, you're somebody who eats all over the place, you're somebody who's got slower digestion in general, uh, or maybe you're somebody who's experiencing hormone imbalances and you're trying to manage your blood sugar so that you can kind of get your hormones to get out of whack. Um, go on a 15 to 20 minute walk after your big meals. That is such a game changer for all of those reasons I basically just said. It helps your body digest better. Not, and this isn't speed walking or running. This is just a good leisurely walk. Like you can listen to a podcast, listen to some music, listen to nature, breathe. You know, there's so many things that are beneficial about walking after meals that not only help your stress, but also help you manage your blood sugar because your body is going to start burning some of those nutrients, processing those nutrients, and burning the excess blood sugar that's going on in your body. And there's a positive effect on your insulin with every meal, regardless of what it was. It could just be rice and poke. And if you walk afterwards, it significantly decreases that insulin spike that goes on in your body. So it manages your blood sugar better. So pro, pro, pro tip, find a way to get a walk-in after your meals. Honestly, you could even get away with maybe a 10 minute, but it's just about not enough time to kind of get your body in that uh, more steady state cardio zone. They usually say 15 to 20 minutes is where you start to get in an actual activity qualified <laughs> movement space. So any, you could exceed that too. If you are somebody who has a little more time or it's like post dinner and you're done for the day, go for 30 minutes, go for 45, like whatever your body and your mind need is very important to heed. And make sure that you just understand that not only are you supporting your mental health and your physical health, you're also supporting your blood sugar, which then supports everything else going on in your body every time you eat. All right. 
that is everything for today's hot take about meal timing, nutrient timing. I hope that was beneficial for you and helpful. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more I could get into it about, but I'd love to hear some of your feedback or screenshot this and share it on your story so others can learn more about meal timing, nutrient timing, blood sugar hacks, etc. But that is it for today's episode. Share, like, subscribe, whatever you want to do. We would love it. And uh, make sure that you show up and support your loved ones this week. Um, it's a great, it's a great time to be alive. It's summertime. We're smack in the middle of summer. Um, so soak it all in just like I am because I'm trying to get super brown right now, you know, just trying to catch that tan before the summer ends. <laughs> Although this might be a long summer out here in California. We'll see. But wherever you're at, I hope that you're thriving, doing well, and make sure to celebrate your strength, nourishment, walk with confidence, and I will catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode of Rebel Wellness. If you've been enjoying our conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, we have some exciting news for you. We've recently launched an Instagram page for the Rebel Wellness podcast, where we'll be sharing inspiring quotes from every episode, behind the scenes moments, and updates about upcoming episodes. So be sure to follow us at Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram to stay connected with our community. And it's growing, so I'm really excited about it. That's not all, though. I also want to introduce you to at Coach by Kales, which is my flagship fitness and wellness coaching business, as I am so passionate about empowering individuals like you to live their healthiest and most enjoyable lives. So if you would love to join me there as well, follow my page for daily inspiration, fitness tips, nutrition tips, sometimes even healthy recipes as well as debunking more myths around the health and fitness industry in general. By following both pages, you'll be joining a community of like-minded individuals who are all committed to living their best lives as well. So don't hesitate, hit that follow button and join us on this journey to wellness. Again, thank you for listening and I hope to catch you on the gram.